welcome to To Grow Good, a podcast of conversion stories, to share encounters with a living God, to bear good fruit, a place where others can meet or be inspired to meet God. So get cozy, lean in, and listen close. Miracles are at work, and He wants to meet you too. My name is Rachel Smith, and I'm your host. Now let's start growing some good. Hi, friend, and welcome to another episode of To Grow Good. I am so glad you are here. If this is the first time that you've ever watched one of our videos or stumbled upon this channel or found us randomly while searching, welcome. We are a place to share conversion stories and encounters with the living God. Um, I myself had quite the wild journey coming to know that God was real and that his church truly was his church, that the Catholic church was truly his church. Um, And he showed me in such tangible ways, in ways that I couldn't possibly deny it any longer. I knew that he was listening to me and responding in my life through life events, through circumstances, and through his own voice and his own nudges in my own heart and journey. Um, I knew that he was giving me exactly what I needed to get closer and closer to him. And it was a moment of grace when I really got to look back and see my whole journey and see how God had been working in my life all along, leading me home to him and his church. And it was just such a beautiful, grace-filled moment when I got to see the hand of God in my life for for years and years and years of work. Um that he had been doing that I knew I wanted to hear the stories of other people, you know, how they came to know that God was real and how the Holy Spirit led them into his church. And it's just amazing because the Holy Spirit is so alive. The Lord is so alive and he's leading people into his church right now as we speak, which is so exciting. Maybe it's one of you that's watching this. Um, Maybe you're curious. Maybe you don't really know what to think about God. Maybe you're not sure uh, at all about the Catholic Church. You know, I have been there. So I totally relate to that. And I'm so glad that you are here just listening along. Maybe you're just open and curious and want to know more about why we're all here, where we're all going, whether there even is a God. I just want to encourage you to continue to watch this episode and all of the episodes on our podcast and channel. We release a new conversion story every week. Um, We do it live on Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. on this YouTube channel, the To Grow Good YouTube channel. And then we also release every conversion story every week on any podcasting platform. So if you prefer podcasts or listening, to watching on YouTube, you can find us on any podcasting platform. If you're a longtime listener, hi guys. <laughs> thank you for being here and thank you so much for your support throughout this whole journey that has been so wild. And it's so amazing to see, I don't know, to grow good, take on a life of its own and reach more people. 
And it's kind of full circle because tonight we have a listener of the show that found us along the way of her own journey closer to the Lord um, and reached out with her own story, wanting to share it with others that maybe could relate or um, were curious more about the faith. And I can't wait. I love things like that where it's just so full circle, you know, like they found this, hopefully I pray, got something from it. And then now they want to share their story to help others as well. I think that's just so beautiful. Um, and so tonight we have Kaylin Madani joining us. She's going to be sharing her journey from Protestant to Catholic um, and as I understand, it's a very long journey that happened over the span of multiple years, which is very similar to mine, obviously different in its nature, but also similar in the sense that it took years for everything to click. And the way God works so often is there's multiple things going on in your life. And he kind of, it's like a crescendo where they all just meet and um, it's like a eureka you can see for the first time, like as scripture says, you know, your eyes are just open to a deeper level of relationship with God and reality of who he is and how he's working through his church. So I can't wait for you to hear Kaylin's journey. Before we get started, I wanted to share something really exciting. We have a new partnership with Catholic Coffee. Catholic Coffee is um, a Catholic company, which is amazing. And they create different roasts of coffee for every for different saints. And so their goal is to raise awareness about the, communi the communion of saints while also sharing delicious, yummy, good coffee. Mornings are my favorite time with God. I spend my mornings every morning, now that it's getting warmer out, on my front porch with with the Lord. Um, I bring my iced coffee usually. I've got my Bible. I've got my prayer journal. And he's always there just waiting for me. It's where I heard the call to start Scripture Seed Sessions, where I've been told to wait, where I got my word of the year, which is rest, and where I've simply gone to just be and waste time with, with him. It's where I start every morning and the Lord knows that I love to have my coffee along with me. So if you're anything like me and you love to have coffee along for the ride of your prayer time every morning, why not support an incredible Catholic mission while you're doing it? Catholic Coffee pairs different saints with each roast, working to raise awareness of the communion of saints while providing fresh, ethically sourced coffee beans, roasted, packaged, and shipped by hand right here in the USA, which I also love about this initiative and this coffee. On top of all of that, if there wasn't already so much goodness here, you can get 15% off with code GROW at checkout. And I don't want you guys to miss this opportunity. If you're going to buy coffee anyway, why not buy it from an awesome USA-based, ethically sourced brand here um, in the United States and get 15% off with code GROW. So you can go to catholiccoffee.com. And check out all the different types of coffee that they have, all the saints that they pair it with, with, which is so much fun, and get 15% off while you're there. All right. Without any other delay, let's welcome our guest this week onto the show. 
Kaylin, hi, welcome. Hi, Rachel. It's so good to see you and meet you. Hi. This is awesome. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on and being willing to share your, your journey with us. Could you just start us out by sharing maybe a little bit about you and what you do right now? Sure. Yeah. Um, my name is Kaylin. Um, I live in Dallas, Texas. I moved here about four years ago after having grown up in Montana. Um, I work as an actuary for a health insurance company, and I just seek to find out what God's will is for my life in each day and trying to live as a witness for him in the world. That's so beautiful. And how did you find to grow good? I think I found it through Instagram. Somebody I followed had their story shared on here. I think it was it was probably about two years ago now. So wow. near the beginning. And yeah. No way. Have you been listening along or do you check in from time to time? Yeah, I check in from time to time. Yeah. Nice. There's That's so many awesome. good podcasts out there. So there are, I know. And I feel like conversion stories, it's like, you I don't know, you get like in the mood for a conversion story. And then it's like mm -hmm. so good when you find exactly what you're kind of seeking in it. Um, that's awesome. I also want to remind anyone watching live with us tonight, thanks for being here. You can say hi in the chat. And throughout the conversation, feel free to comment or share anything that moved you. Um, you can also ask questions in the chat for Kaylin and her journey. And at the end, we will take the questions and answer them. So if anything comes to mind that you want to ask Kaylin or ask about our conversation, feel free to pop it in the chat at any time. All right, Kaylin. So let's go back to the beginning of your journey could you just share with us how you were brought up and what God was like for you growing up? I mean, what your relationship was like to him. Yeah. Um, so I grew up in a Christian home. Um, I was baptized as an infant in a Presbyterian church. Um, but my family kind of went to different denominations over the years. So we attended a Methodist church at one point and then Baptist and non-denominational. Um, I think I always believed in God, like it was never a question. I think the bigger, um, I guess, struggle for me was just understanding what it means to have a relationship with God and to understand that God loves me beyond just an intellectual, like God loves the whole world kind of sense. So um, I was homeschooled, our curriculum, so we would have um, Bible readings each day and also Bible memorization, which as a side note, I think maybe I just haven't encountered it yet, but it seems like that's something that's lacking in the Catholic space is Bible memorization. Um, I, I think that would be cool to figure out a way to bring that in. I just thought of that today, so like it's been on my mind. And um, so we went to church every Sunday and um, my parents were and are very um, faithful and like I'd see them, you know, reading their Bible in the morning or things like that. So it was like just kind of I was surrounded by that. Um, I would say it was around the age of 10 that I was I started to like try to 
understand what it meant for me personally to be a Christian. And at the time attending a Baptist church, it was, you know, the teaching was you pray a prayer to accept Jesus into your heart to say that he's your savior. And then that's how you begin to have a relationship with Jesus. So I prayed that prayer. Um, and then actually about a year later, I was baptized again in a baptism. I thought it was just a way to like show that I'm a Christian. It doesn't count because I didn't have any say in it. So anyway, um, so I was baptized again. Um, but about two years later, so when I was 13, I started struggling a lot with what I now think was scrupulosity, but it was, it was sort of this like constant doubting my salvation. So like I knew, I understood God's existence and, you know, theoretically, or I shouldn't say theoretically, but like that he, God loves everyone. But I would like question, am I good enough? Did I mean it when I prayed that prayer? And if I, you know, if I didn't mean it, then I better pray it again. And so I kind of would repeat that every time that um, came up. And um, I think also along with that, I was like, well, if I'm a Christian, but then I sin, then that kind of seems to be evidence that maybe I'm not really a Christian. And so I would just like go back and forth on that. And that was like a huge struggle for me um, during my teenage years. Um, I'm trying to think of, um, yeah, and I guess it was around the time I started learning about Catholicism, like this sort of stopped being a struggle for a little while, um, just through just circumstances and just, I guess, talking to other people about their relationships with God and just kind of understanding, like, I believe in Jesus. I believe I don't need to keep questioning whether I believe it because it was almost a, like a circular thing. Like, you know, I believe that this is how to be saved, but do I really believe it? You know, it's like, uh, um, so yeah, I guess that, that's the um, kind of the summary of my like growing up years. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Do you want me to so, yeah. Before you go on to the next part, I'm curious, um, what was like, what would people tell you, you know, cause what you were in, what did you believe about forgiveness? You know, like, was it just like, Oh, just talk to God, you know? And then, so was that, was that a struggle maybe like for you to believe that you were truly forgiven at all? Was that something that was going on at that time? Yes, that was because it was, I guess I kind of had a, kind of a combination of different theologies about that because like on the one hand I'm like okay so if I pray this prayer I'm saved and it was kind of the once saved always saved thing but then I was like but if I'm still sinning you know everybody still sins but like if I'm sinning to a certain extent then I'm that means I'm not actually saved and so I would like you know when I'd sin I'd ask God to forgive me and then I'd ask him to forgive me again for the same thing like over a few days until I either forgot. I, I guess that was something I forgot to mention. It was very face for me. I don't know. I don't think it was specifically taught to me. But, you know, I had to have some like dramatic felt the presence of God. And I didn't have that because that just wasn't how 
I experienced God at the time. And I mean, there's like occasional times, but it wasn't like a constant thing. So I, I definitely based it a lot on my feelings, which was something I eventually learned was, you know, not the way to um, determine truth. And so I moved on from that. But yeah, it was definitely a struggle just like, how do I know for sure if I don't have any feeling, you know, it's not something tangible, which right. definitely, uh, I think, eventually pl- played a role in my conversion to Catholicism, but I won't get ahead of myself. Totally. Yeah, no, I can yeah. imagine that, that, that it would, because it is, it is, I guess that's part of the attraction, I think, sometimes is like, oh, you know, there's no real rules. Like, don't think too much about it, you know, like, just... Mm-hmm you're forgiven. Like, and, and I think, um, that's great to some extent, but then when you start to actually dig into it, you're kind of left with almost more uncertainty and Mm -hmm. you want answers at a certain point because you, then you start thinking about each situation that you're in and you're like, well, what about this? What about that? And Mm -hmm. at what point do I lose my salvation? What do I have to get re Mm -hmm. like, you know, and just all these, um, questions when you actually start to apply it um that become yeah really relevant to to you because it's like well I need to know these answers and then when you start to look it seems there's different answers in different places Mm -hmm. so then it gets really confusing um to know which one is is true um so yes so I'd love to hear so what happened so where were you um when you first heard about Catholicism, what were you, what uh, type of, or I should say branch of Christianity were you in? Yeah. So actually, technically I first heard of Catholicism when I was a teenager. Um, I had a friend who's Catholic and I remember I asked her a few questions like, why do you go to a priest for confession? And, you know, she told me a little bit about that. So it was just sort of like a, so I had a very, very basic awareness there were a lot of things I had misconceptions about um and that was while I was I guess non-denominational slash Baptist somewhere in there um and but then when I really learned more about it and like began to understand the I guess just like the history of it and everything um was when I went to Augustine College, which is a small Christian college in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. And um, so this was the year after my first year of college. It was kind of like a gap year because this was liberal arts and I was studying math at the university in my hometown. Um, And so my older brother had gone to the college two years before. And so I had heard about it and I was like, oh, why don't I apply and see what this is like? And then... I ended up getting accepted and going and it was there were a lot of things about that year that were very hard just like it was my first time being away from my family and uh, being in a foreign country um the workload for the school was very intense um and so i think like my relationship with god grew during that time because i was just like Lord, I need you. I can't do this, you know, just like, so there is that, um, which I think is kind of goes along with understanding the history of Catholicism was just sort of developing my relationship with God to be open to 
learning these things. Um, and so one of the courses at the college was History of Christianity. And the entire first semester was spent on the early church and all the way up through the Reformation. And before um, going to Augustine College, I knew very little about church history of like up through the 1500s because um, growing up in like the homeschool curriculum that my family used, it was a Christian curriculum, but um, not Catholic. And so like they kind of skipped from, you know, the Acts of the Apostles all the way to the Reformation and was like, that's when, you know, Christianity got back on track. And, you know, and it was just like, I kind of didn't really know about those 1500 years in between. And so when I was studying church history and learning about all that, I was like, there might be something to this because there's so much like history and like tracing it back to the early church, um, like reading some of the early church fathers and they would talk about the Eucharist and describe it in the way that Catholics understand it today. And I'm like, okay, this is, there might be something here. Um, and then as part of that class, we did different like church visits. So we visited a Coptic Orthodox church and then we visited a Ukrainian Greek Catholic church. So they're in communion with Rome, but they're like an Eastern Rite. And that was probably, I think my first time really experiencing Catholicism. And I think for me, that was definitely like a pivotal moment um, in my journey because I think I thought, you know, oh, Catholics just kind of like, they go to church on Sunday and then they just, it's like go through the motions and live how they want throughout the week. And like, I'm like, I don't think they really care about their faith. And then I'm at this church and I see, you know, all these people there. Um, and so in this church, they didn't have pews. So people had to either sit on the floor or stand throughout the um, mass. And so like, I'm like, you know, I won't think somebody would just come do that because it's their, you know, habit. It's like they were wanting to be there. And then just, so just, I guess that experience and just the, the beauty of the liturgy, even though I didn't understand half of it because part of it was in Ukrainian and also because I wasn't used to the Catholic liturgy, but I was just like, wow, there's, you know, there's something to this. Um, and uh, so I guess throughout that year, it was definitely just learning about the history of the church, um, as well as in my other classes, like philosophy, just like kind of expanding my horizons, I guess, to just think about other things and like, I don't know, be open to um, new ideas and being open to Catholicism. Um, and during the year that I was there, I actually attended a Canadian Reformed church um, because I knew people who attended there from when my brother was at the college. And so I was just like, oh, I'll just go there. And so I didn't actually attend more than that one Catholic mass because I don't think I, I wasn't like enough into it. I'm like, okay, you know, that's cool, but I'm just going to stick with what I'm comfortable with while I'm here. Um, but then I remember at the end of the school year, I was talking to my um, history of Christianity professor who's Catholic and he you know kind of asked me what I thought of the course and like what was like my key like takeaway and I said you know I think one of the biggest things for me was just learning what Catholics believe and also just how much of church history is Catholic um, 
and I, you know, I remember saying like, in my mind, I had this kind of wall where there's like Protestants on one side, Catholics on the other. And that wall was just like torn down throughout that year mm. and through just learning um, the history of Christianity. Wow. Wow. That's a big thing to happen. <laughs> that must have been a lot to process and just kind of even take in because it's kind of like this paradigm shift of like, whoa, there's all this information that I didn't know mm-hmm. about yeah. the faith. And and it's kind of like, it's so foundational, you know, when once you know it and you see it, it's like, oh, this is so important, you know, but I think but I also get how people don't necessarily think to even think about it until they're exposed mm-hmm. to it. And then you start to really, it's like, it's exactly like what you said, like with the, a door just like being flung open. And then it's like, mm-hmm. whoa, I want to start seeking all these other things too about the faith, you know, because it's like, what else don't mm-hmm. I know? Um, yeah. So, yeah. So what happened next from there? Um. Okay, so this is, it's still another five years from there before I became Catholic. So I'll try to make it somewhat short and focus on the highlights. I have notes like written down of like some of the things I wanted to say. Good (laughs) idea. Yeah, so um, the summer after Augustine College, oh, I guess I forgot to mention, that was just a one-year program. Oh, wow, Um, okay. And so um, the summer after that, I went to work at a camp in Colorado, which was like a Christian conference center. Um, And as part of my job, I had to clean like the hotel rooms. And while I would do that, I would either listen to music or audio books. And one of the books that was really, um, I guess, important in my journey was um, My Life with the Saints by Father James Martin. Now, before I say anything else, I have to give a disclaimer that I do not currently endorse anything he currently (laughs) preaches or everything he's written or anything it was but that one particular book just learning about stories of different saints was like really powerful to me and um in particular the story of mother Teresa, who at the time had not yet been canonized but um just hearing about how she for i think decades of her life did not have any like feeling of God's presence or like that consolation but she still served the poorest of the poor with a smile on her face and for me that really resonated because even though like at this time I had kind of moved past my like sort of doubting struggle uh, phase but at the same time it was like wow you know someone can not feel the presence of God, but still know that God is there and know that they belong to God and still live out that life. And that was just really impactful for me because it, even though my experience with sort of doubt and scrupulosity is not the same as, I guess, her experience. Um, because I guess, yeah, um, but I guess that it did resonate with me. And so that was like one of the like things that kind of stuck out. And so like, um yeah so that was like big in my story and sort of just mother Teresa is like one of my favorite saints now and I guess I'll just say she's my confirmation saint oh wow that's amazing so she was totally like yeah already praying for you when you 
you know, yeah, realize this. And so that's just beautiful. Like, and it, it makes sense too, because I think, like you said, you had based it basically kind of like on feelings, which is not true, you know, not to overgeneralize, but I do, I have heard, especially a lot of people that come from a Protestant background or like a non-denominational background sometimes that mm-hmm. there's this emphasis on the feelings part of it um, and not so much this, the fact that like, you know, it's a relationship regardless of the feelings mm-hmm. and, yeah. um, you know, sometimes consolations are beautiful and good and amazing, but they're not why you do it or to prove that it's real or anything like that um, or any indication of how close you are to God. Because, right, actually, when you read about the saints, like so often it's they they aren't feeling mm-hmm. the presence of God or the, or the consolation um, and they're very close to God. So it's just interesting to, to understand that at a deeper level. And I can see how that would be transformative for you. Um, gotcha. So you started like listening to audiobooks and things like mm-hmm. this because you were like kind of curious. There was part of you that was open to learning more. Yes. And over the next few years, like throughout the rest of my college years, it was kind of like a, I guess, kind of in the background thing. I'm like, you know, Catholicism is cool. There's things I can learn from it. I would like read a Catholic prayer book as my for my, like my morning devotions or has like the daily mass readings um you know and so I would read that and so it was kind of like I was like attending a non-denominational church but at the same time like kind of whenever it would come up I wanted to you know learn things about Catholicism um and so I guess I'm trying to think if there was anything I w- yeah I think the there were things that came up throughout my college years, but I think the main time that I like kind of came back to really looking into it was after I graduated and I um, moved home with my parents while I was looking for a job. And at this point, they had already been looking into Catholicism for a couple of years. Uh, really? And wow. they were attending mass. And so they were getting ready to start RCIA in the fall. And so I was, I was still... Um, living with them, looking for a job. And I was like, okay, I guess I'll just join RCIA and like learn about this while I'm, you know, have this extra time on my hands. Um, And so I um, did that. And I think one of the big things I learned from that um, at first was just like learning about the Eucharist and how John 6 makes it so clear that the teaching of the real presence in the Eucharist is like exactly what Jesus said. Um, And like, that was the first time I was like, how have I read this passage before, but not understood it this way, you know? And, but it was still kind of like, okay, that is one way to look at it, but you know, I, that could be an explanation, but it might not be true. And I'm like, I'm not going to convert to Catholicism if I don't, know it's true because I didn't want it to just be like a church hopping thing where I'm like, okay, I'm going to be Catholic. Oh, never mind. I don't like that. I'm back to non-denominational. So I was still kind of on the fence, not quite sure about it. Um, but then I ended up moving um, to try to find a job around the time that they were starting to get into the, like the really nitty gritty stuff around Lent. Like when they're, I guess they would get into the more deeper, you know, 
theological stuff. Um, and so, you know, and I moved and then um, my parents were confirmed in Easter of 2018. And I remember being like, kind of jealous, like, oh, I kind of wish I had, you know, stuck out RCIA and done this, but I'm like, oh, but I'm not quite ready. And I definitely wanted to be, make sure, you know, it was my decision, not, oh, my parents converted, so I'm going to convert too, you know? So um, by this time, I ended up moving to Texas for a job. And at first I went to a Lutheran church because like the more conservative Lutheran churches are fairly similar to Catholic and they're just like, they do believe in the real presence in the Eucharist, although it's this is present while this is also still bread and wine. So it wasn't quite the same, but you know, I think stone like inching towards Um, That was, I guess I attended that church for about a year and a half, but um, so I guess the, like the big point where I started, um, I guess diving back into it um, was back in January of 2019. Um, so I was dating a guy who was Catholic. And so I was like learning about, I would ask him questions about what, the, you know, what do Catholics believe about this? And like, why is the Eucharist, you know, really Jesus? And what do they believe about Mary and all this, you know? And so like, we'd talk about it and he would come to my Lutheran church and then go to mass on his own at some other point in the weekend. And I was like, I'm not quite sure about this, but then a few months in and I was like, okay, I guess I should try to start going to mass again and see what this is about. Um, And, oh wait, I just realized there was a big part I need to back up. Um, So it was around that spring, I went to this um, event that the young adults group um, at the parish I now attend, hosts where they do like adoration and praise and worship and they have a speaker come and I was like okay you know might as well check this out and I was like oh this is cool I know these songs because you know they're like the contemporary Christian praise and worship songs that I you know was used to from my non-denominational background but I was like I'm not sure about this adoration thing because I guess in my mind I could be like yes you know the Eucharist you know that could be Jesus when you're receiving him in communion but like is that still Jesus that's there in the monstrance or am I just like is this idol worship and so I was like Mm -hmm. I'm not sure about this um but I remember sitting there praying and just like um one of the songs we were singing I I can't quite remember the words but it's something like show me who you are um and I was just praying Jesus you know show me is this is this really you you know and I wish I could say I had like a life-changing moment, but I didn't. It was just, I remember looking back on that prayer later on in the year, I was like, oh, he answered my prayer. But um, I'm getting ahead of myself there. Um, But yeah, so I started going to mass again. And then after a couple of months, I'm like, I guess I should look into rejoining our CIA. And so, you know, I was in the first one to email me back. Um, It's the parish I now attend. And they had a sort of a shorter um, program called sacrament prep. So it was either for Catholics who like uh, had received their first communion, but for whatever reason were never confirmed, or it was for converts coming from other Christian backgrounds who are already baptized and like catechized on the main 
Christian doctrines and it was just sort of focusing on the like key differences and so um, I did that and learned you know about more about the Eucharist and I'm like this this really does make sense um, and and then just about like the Marian dogmas which like I didn't know much about beforehand but I'm like okay yeah these you know I wasn't like super at the time I wasn't super like uh I guess devoted to Mary but I was like okay I can intellectually accept these and you know um and learning about confession and all that um it just it was just like everything just sort of slowly fell into place and my questions were answered and I was confirmed in November of 2019 on the eve of Christ the King Sunday. Wow. And um, yeah, and of course the journey continues, but that was my seven year journey from first learning more about Catholicism to becoming Catholic. Wow, that's amazing. Okay, a couple questions. One, yes. I want to know because you said that the when you were at the adoration night, you were praying this prayer to show me this is really you. And he answered it, of course. But how did he answer it? Was it through this? I guess it's through your whole journey because it sounds like mm -hmm. a lot of it was intellectual. But did you ever have a moment where, like, I don't know, your head met your heart and you were realizing, like, this really is not just true intellectually, but, like, the God that you had always been seeking was here like all along, you know, kind of leading you and guiding you closer. Did you ever have like a moment where it kind of clicked like that for you at that point? Um, I don't feel like there was an exact like moment. I think there were maybe just, it was just sort of like a process. I think I do know that like before I was confirmed and like I would attend mass, I was like, you know, I, I can't wait till I can receive communion. So at that mm. point, like, it was definitely, like, I knew that was Jesus, you know. Mm. I just, I don't remember exactly when that happened. I just, it was just sort of, like, a, such a gradual thing. And then, like, it was just looking back, like, after I was confirmed, and then I was at that event again with the praise and worship and adoration, and I was thinking to myself, I was like, whoa, a few months ago, I was, like, praying, Jesus, is this you? And now I'm just worshiping Jesus here, like, wow, wow I'm in the presence of Jesus, and there's no there's no question because that's been answered, but I can't yeah. say an exact moment that it happened, but it's just the things I've learned over those few months. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like time and also just grace, I think like being around mm -hmm. the Eucharist Absolutely. and just people praying obviously for you and, mm -hmm. um, and then your intellectual journey of course as well. So it was like everything was kind of meeting and joining and, I also want to hear, because you mentioned confession, like learning about confession. Mm -hmm. So I want to hear, because you mentioned before with your scrupulosity, was that helpful learning about confession and going to confession and experiencing it? You know, I, I know in my journey, something about the physical of all the sacraments, the like how they are tangible and like bodily. Mm -hmm. And I love that because it's like God meeting us yes, spiritually, of course, but also like through our actions and through something that you can actually go to and do, you know? Um, so was that something that helped you in your journey with scrupulosity as well? 
Um, yes and no. I mean, I do still struggle with scrupulosity, but um, I think it was definitely helpful for me just like confession and being able to hear my sins are forgiven. It made me realize this, this is what I kept praying. God forgive me for saying that mean thing to someone or whatever. And like, I was, didn't know. And I'm like, okay, I can know because I heard. Um, I think for me, the scrupulosity still comes up in like, you know, you know, wondering, is this a sin? Do I need to go to confession? Is it a mortal sin? You know, and that's something I'm still working through, but it's definitely getting better. So, um, but like, I'm at the point where I'm like, I want to be able to be, um, I guess nobody really enjoys going to confession, but like, I want to be more, um, like realizing more of what a gift it is because like, I definitely like see intellectually how it, it, it is. And there's been times where I've gone to confession and I do just feel that like freedom afterwards. I will say my first confession before I was confirmed, I like didn't immediately feel amazing afterwards. And I was like, what did I do wrong? But you know, it just, I think it was, everybody's different. I mean, those sins were still forgiven and I just had to realize, you know, back to <laughs> what I, what I experienced in my teens is that it's like, just because I don't feel something doesn't mean that grace isn't there, that God isn't there, because um, I had learned by that point, I can't base everything on feelings. And so, yeah, but then there's been times since then where I've gotten to confession and it's just been really, really powerful. Mm. And I remember you saying that the Eucharist sounds like it was a big, a big hinge kind of thing mm -hmm. for you, but were there other ones that were tough for you to understand or accept? Um, yes, I think definitely the Marian dogmas. Um, I think like when I heard them explained when I was in that sacrament prep, class they made sense but before that I was just like that's the part that's like a little bit weird for me and also kind of like why I was Lutheran for a year and a half is because you don't have they don't really talk about Mary the way the Catholics do so I'm like okay I'll just leave that to the side and so it was that was definitely a difficult thing for me and I will say I definitely accepted like intellectually like you know um, I believe that the Catholic Church is you know, correct about the Eucharist and all this. So I'm going to, you know, choose to accept these dogmas and be confirmed because, you know, I can't have all the answers. That was also another thing is I was like, I have to have all the answers to everything before I can become Catholic. And finally, I was like, you know, it has to be a leap of faith at some point. Because like, even if someone explains this to me, like, I have to have faith. Like, there's no logical like besides i mean obviously it says in the bible in john 6 but talking about the doesn't make sense to the world like you have to have faith and so i think that was similar for me with like the marian dogmas um that i was just like i mean there's no nothing in the bible that would make me think they're not true so i guess so um but it was definitely after um I was confirmed that I started learning more about Mary and um, just, I guess, embracing her as my mother, which I can share about that too. Um, 
Yes, please go ahead. Okay, so this I guess it was um, the following summer. So this is like you know during the beginning of the pandemic, and um, I thought you know maybe I should you know try praying the rosary again. And somebody on Instagram had posted something about like a thirty day rosary challenge. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna pray the rosary every day for the month of July. I think it was, and. I probably missed a day here and there, but by the end of that month, I was like, I'm just going to keep doing this. And then I did this like 54 day rosary novena in the fall. And I was just like, kept doing that. I'm just like, you know, this, uh, yeah, I, it's just uh, an amazing devotion. And I I don't know, it wasn't like there was some like big aha moment, but it was just like, you know, it's so trying to think of how to, it's, I guess, peaceful, you know, like, you can't be like mm. upset and stressed about something while praying the rosary. Mm. Um, and then I guess it was a few months after that, I heard about the book 33 Days to Morning Glory. Mm. And so I got that book and did the Marian Consecration last mm. year. And that was huge for me because I was reading, I was like, some of this stuff, like as a former Protestant, I'm like, this is a little bit much at first is what I thought but then you know the more I read it I'm just like but it makes so much sense you know that Jesus would give us his mother to be our mother too Mm -hmm. um and just yeah and so I did Marian consecration and so now I'm definitely uh what do you say devoted to our lady and I find that a big thing that is like one of the things I guess that would come up when I talk to Protestants. They're like, you're Catholic now. So like, what do you, you know, what do you believe about Mary? And that's been a definitely a big like thing I have to talk about a lot and I guess defend. Um, yeah, so. Yeah, awesome. Okay, well, do you have any um, resources that you would recommend for anyone who is maybe in a similar situation if there were any books or things that really helped you, podcasts, audiobooks, different things that you want to mention. Yes. Um, so definitely some really good talks on YouTube. I know about the Eucharist was very helpful for me. Um, also his book, Rome Sweet Home, which is his conversion story, was huge for me just because it's a similar story. I mean, obviously a different denomination. He was Presbyterian, but um, just of converting and like yeah so there's that and then also I would say dynamic catholic um they have great books and great online resources um catholic answers like that's like my go-to when there's like a question I'm like I don't know quite know the answer to that you know they always have these short articles that kind of explain the teachings of faith very well um yeah I think those are the main main ones yeah yeah those are great those are so good yes Rome Sweet Home that's classic good one and I feel like someone there's something so approachable about someone's story because they're just sharing their own experience Mm -hmm. um and but yet you can learn so much at the same time and be drawn closer to God through it which I love um All right. Well, I'm going to ask my last question and then we're going to open it up for anyone watching live. So if you have a question for Kaylin, put it in the chat here and we will take your question in just a minute. So it could be anything about her story, 
what life is like now, dealing with others in your life, anything at all um, about Kaylin and her journey, you can ask that in the chat right now. All right. Well, I'm going to ask the last question that I like to ask guests when they come on the show, which is, what is one scripture verse that has either played a foundational role in your journey or um, is speaking to you right now and why? Okay, this is a tough question. I've been thinking for the last couple of days. I'm like, there's so many. And so I was praying earlier today and I was just like asking the Holy Spirit to like bring whichever one to mind when we get to this point. And so what I'm thinking right now, and I'm going to look it up and make sure I uh, read it, is Romans 12, verses 1 through 2. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may discern what is the will of God and acceptable and perfect. I, I think for me, especially that second verse of not being conformed to the world, it's just really important to me because I feel like in our world today, there's so many influences that try to get us to conform to things that are not of God and just that reminder to be transformed by the renewing of our minds so by prayer and being the Bible. And, um, yeah, and just to is the will of God. And obviously, you know, that's something we all want to do. And so just like that verse saying, this is how you may discern the will of God. Mm, yes, that is so good. Yes. And it's so, um, like you were saying, in today's world, it's so hard to, to do that sometimes. It can be really hard to step out. But when we do, the Lord always meets us and he provides in just huge ways, you know, when we say yes and we allow him mm -hmm. to do what he wants in our lives. You know, he always knows what's best for us. He knows our deepest desires and he can fulfill them because he alone knows, you know, he created you. So he knows what is best for you. And so when we, when we're able to just like open ourselves up to, to God's will and be led by him, um, yeah, it's like the rest of the world really does fade away when you're truly able mm -hmm. to do that. And you have just such deep abiding peace that you just can't find anywhere else. It's, it's really an unspeakable thing and it's hard to put into words. Um, that was beautiful though. All right. So we do have one question here. If anybody else has any questions, pop it into the chat right now. But somebody here asked, do you have any fave devotion or novenas? Ooh, um, so definitely the rosary, as I said already. Um, also, one I discovered last year was the Surrender Novena. Yes. Um, yeah, that was just a, a really good one for me. Actually, I'm now going to think about it. I'm like, I should pray that one again. It's been a while. Um, yeah, so that's definitely one. Also, the Divine Mercy Chaplet. For sure. mm. Okay. The fact that you just said the Surrender Novena, my friend just two days ago brought that up to me kind of out of the blue. 
So now I'm like, that's twice in like two days, three days. I'm like, Lord, you want me to pray that novena. So I guess maybe he's calling me to do that. (laughs) All right. We have another question here. It says, have you ever made a pilgrimage to any Marian apparitions or Holy Land or Santiago de Compostela? I've never heard of that one. You should watch The Way, a film starring Martin Sheen about the latter. Or are you interested in going on one? Um, yes, I definitely would be interested in going on one. I have not yet, um, been on any, um, yeah, I mean, I'm sure there are lots of opportunities out there that I haven't even heard of yet. So I, I haven't heard of that one. Uh, I will have to look up that film. So, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I got I want to do some Marian apparition sites too. It sounds amazing. Um, okay. We have another question here. It says, what role has divine love played in your conversion? Um, so I think he means like, what role has the love of God played? Uh, <laughs> like, I feel like it's like everything is intertwined with his grace and his grace that I was able to, you know, understand the teachings of the church and to come to this to where I am now um I think wow that's I feel like that's a really deep question that I can't like answer in this short amount of time uh okay maybe this I've worked in my life I feel like God has a lot of patient things that it took like so long for me to finally say yes to becoming Catholic. So I guess it's not divine love, but divine patience, I guess. Um, but yeah, yeah, just and just like seeing how God is just leading me to Himself. Yeah. No. Yeah. That totally is is His love and His mercy and just His patience, mm-hmm. right? And just. He loves us so much that it's like he will take whatever little bit that we will give him, whether it is a play on an audiobook or a <laughs> listen to a podcast, you know, like that is a yes that you're giving him. And so he will take that and run with it. And those little yeses that we give him, no matter how long it takes us, you know, throughout our journey, it could take years the Lord is using every single one of those moments where we, we say yes and we allow him to lead us. Um, and so I think along your journey, I love to just, I see the ways that you were curious and open, but also very reserved and like your walls were up about certain things, mm-hmm. but God was able to just very gently and slowly show you through a number of different experiences and people and knowledge um, over the course of years, you know, and he knew what your pain points would be. So he knew how to approach them kind of in your own journey, like what you were exposed Mm -hmm. to. And, um, and I, I, I just love that about people's stories, like looking back and seeing the hand of God in it all, because, Right. It's like sometimes when you're in it, it's you just can't see it or feel it or you don't understand what's going on. You know, often mm-hmm. you get yeah. more confused before you get less confused, you know. So <laughs> if you're in that right now, I just want to say, you know, like realize that God 
is working in it all, if you're open to him and you're willing to be led, God will show you the way because he loves you so much and he wants nothing more than for you to have the fullness of the truth in his church. And so he will do whatever it takes, you know, to reveal that to you, but it might take time. Um, And so to just like be patient and be okay with where you are. Like if something is curious to you, if something's nudging you and you have a question, seek the answer, like go, you know, dig into it really, really deep, you know, and don't be afraid to, to look because I think sometimes people, you know, they'll ask a question and think, you know, nobody's ever asked that or they'll, they'll get one answer from one person and just kind of assume that's the answer. And it's like, gosh, there's so much richness to the, the, the truth. And, um, I love to see that too in people's conversion stories, like how each one approaches it slightly differently. Like we all have different things that draw us and make us curious and we all have different things we wonder about. And I just love that about Catholicism that and like the truth that it's like when you dig, you only get closer to God. And so it's only like more goodness that you're uncovering. And so you shouldn't ever be afraid of like a question you have or a doubt that you have or something that you want to learn more about. Just allow the Lord to show you and ask him like you did so beautifully that night. Show me, show me that this is you. Show me. Um, and he did, you know, it's, it's amazing. All right. Well, there's some more information on the pilgrimage in the chat if you're interested. Thank you, Patrick, for sharing. Um, Well, this has been such a joy. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your journey with us. I pray that it helps someone, anyone out there that maybe can relate to your journey or maybe finds themselves in a similar situation Um, or maybe someone that they know and love can relate to this story too. Um, so I just want to invite you to share this journey with someone in your life, share this episode, um, maybe ask the Holy Spirit who might need to hear this journey today and, and share it with them. Thank you so much, Kaylin, for coming on. It was such a joy to have you here. Thank you for having me. Yeah. All right. God bless. I'll let you go. God bless. All right. Bye. Thank you so much, friends, for being here and watching this episode of To Grow Good. If you haven't yet already, hit subscribe, hit follow, like on whatever you're on, uh, like this video, leave a comment because that helps for it to show up for people that might be seeking something like this. Maybe they're wondering whether God exists. Maybe they're curious about the Catholic Church. Maybe they have questions about what this life is and what it all means. Share this episode with a friend, a family member, someone in your life that might enjoy it as well. If you haven't yet already, the best way to stay in touch with everything we have going on at To Grow Good is to join our email list at togrowgood.com. You receive a weekly devotion written by Catholic women um, about Sunday's gospel. And um, there's a rotating number of women that share their own journey with the scripture and how it's impacted their relationship and continued journey with the Lord. So those are free on Sundays you'll get. And then you also get an email every time we release a new conversion story 
and you get all the links right in your inbox. So you can stay up to date with what, um, what we're doing. And then once a month, I send a newsletter out filled with all the resources and content that made an impact in my journey or that I recently watched and just loved or listened to or read. Um, so if you want to get that monthly newsletter, sign up for our email list at togroga.com. Lastly, you can actually help to create and produce this show by going to patreon.com slash togrowgood. We have an awesome little community called Branches of the Vine where we share prayer intentions um, and you also get um, different gifts at every giving level of donating. So if you're interested in supporting this mission and um, helping these conversion stories get out to more people, visit patreon.com slash togrowgood and join our little community. I also, once a month over there, I share a little bit of a Bible study. There's a bonus episode every month where I share what the Lord's doing in my life. And I use scripture to, um, the Lord uses scripture to reveal to me what it is that he's speaking to me. And so we do a little Bible study together every month. So you can join that by going to patreon.com slash to grow good. Thank you so much for being here, friends. I will see you next Wednesday at 7 p.m. Eastern on the To Grow Good YouTube channel for the next live conversion story. All right, friends, I hope you have a grace-filled week. I hope the Lord blesses you in all of the ways. And um, yeah, just have a great night. All right, till next time. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of To Grow Good. There are a number of ways you can support this mission. Follow us on Instagram at To Grow Good. Join the email list at togrowgood.com for free weekly devotions written by Catholic women, a monthly newsletter with the most impactful content along my journey home to the church, and a notification each time we upload a new episode. Share this episode with a friend, a family member, a loved one, or a coworker. Leave a written review on Apple Podcasts to help refer the show to others who might be seeking. And you can pray. Pray for this show to reach the souls that God wishes for it to reach. If you are praying for To Grow Good, please be sure to reach out and let me know at togrowgoodpodcast at gmail.com. Finally, you can help to cover the financial cost to create and produce this show. For as little as one ice latte a month, you could join our little community here at To Grow Good the branches of the vine in exchange for monthly bonus episodes, gifts from the to grow good shop and more. You can learn more by visiting patreon.com slash to grow good. Thank you so much for being here friend. And I will see you next time.